somebody give God a clap off and a praise. Now we can do better than that. If God's been good to you, somebody give God what God deserves in this place today. Amen. Amen. Good morning to each of you. We thank God for your presence here today. Uh, for those who are visiting with us for the first time, we appreciate you being here. And if you are uh, visiting with us online for the first time, we want you to text the at sign Ivy Guest and send that to 81010. We certainly appreciate that. And uh, we certainly welcome you to our service on today in a virtual experience. I want to take a moment to thank everybody who uh, is serving today, our worship leader, Reverend Boy, our musicians, our praise team, those who are working the sound and video, everybody, our ushers, and uh, those who are on the door, everybody that's serving. Can we give them a big clap off in the praise? Come on, let's thank them for all of their hard work and their dedication. Amen. We certainly appreciate you. Now, we have some new family members that we want to recognize here at the church. They have completed their right hand of fellowship, and we are glad that they have completed that. And so if they are here today, we are going to ask them to stand, and we can recognize them. Uh, Brother Breon and Sister Chantel Jones, uh, both of Newport News, if you are here, would you please? There they go right there. Come on, let's give God a big clap off and a praise. Let's welcome them to our family. Uh, if you're seated next to them or close to them, just tell them, welcome to the family. We're glad to have you. And uh, that means, Brianna and Chantel, you new cousins now. We're going to call you Pookie and Stank from now on. That's what, that's what family do, right? That's, that's what we do. That's what we do, right? We family. And so we thank God for our newest family members and those who are with us on today. We also have those who are celebrating a wedding anniversary in December. If that is you celebrating a wedding anniversary, would you please stand? Let's recognize those celebrating a wedding anniversary in December. Come on. Let's thank God for these couples that are standing on today. And we're going to pray that the Lord would allow them to be blessed to see another year. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for these that are standing here today. We thank you, God, that you have allowed them to make it this far. And we pray your hand a blessing upon them for next year, God, that they can come back this time next year if it's your will and say that they've made it one more year. So we bless their friendship. We bless their connection to one another. We pray for their home, that it's not a battleground, but a place of peace. We pray for children if they have them. We show sure enough pray for their finances, God, that they would be in order. And God, we ask that the enemy would not have any space or come against them in any way. And we thank you for this time. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give them another big clap off in the praise. Congratulations, couples who are celebrating. Uh, the wedding and anniversary. Now, just a few announcements that we do want to make. Tomorrow night is big for us. It's tomorrow night. We know that the, you know, the holidays um, are not always good for everybody. We know sometimes with transitions and loved ones going on, that sometimes the holiday season can be difficult. And so we recognize that here at the church. We want to invite you tomorrow night to our annual memorial service. It will take place at 7 p.m. and it'll be right here in the Family Life Center. If you've never been, then you can expect to come and just be filled with support. Um, and we we come and we sing and we pray. There'll be uh, bags at the front. If you've ever been to like Relay for Life in memory of, we'll have lighted bags that you can fill out the name of a loved one. They'll be lit on the stage here tomorrow night. There'll be an encouraging word to give to you. There'll be lots of hugs and 
We'll talk about our process here of how we want to serve you in your time of grief, even beyond the holiday season, even going into next year. So we have lots of things planned. And so sometimes people think that it's just for this year. If a loved one transitioned this year, that's not true. Uh, sometimes people wrestle with the holidays and it could be years ago that the loved one has been called home. So anybody that feels the blah sometimes of the holiday season, because we know holiday season is family time, you just need an uplift. You just need some support. You just want to come and be surrounded by others who might be experiencing something similar that you are. We invite you to come tomorrow night. We start at 7 o'clock, and I guarantee you it'll be a blessing to you uh, if you certainly want to come. So that is tomorrow night. And then don't forget, um, our church meeting, our annual church meeting, will be December the 14th. So that is not this upcoming Wednesday, but it is the following Wednesday. At that meeting, we will share with you all of the great things that God has done in this year. We'll also share with you um, where we are financially as it year to date. We'll also share with you what our proposed budget will be for fiscal year 2023. We'll elect some officers, all the kind of stuff that we need to take care of. So we are asking that you come out on December the 14th to our annual church meeting. Now we got some special people in the house today. Everybody's special, but we got some special people in the house. And I need another mic, by the way, because somebody grabbed me a mic. Um, we have with us, um, from the city of Newport News, Mayor McKinley Price is here and his family is here with us today. I'm going to ask them to stand. All of you, come on up to the stage for me, please. Y'all come on up. Y'all come on up, all of y'all. Um, we have Mayor Price, we have Mrs. Price, and then we have Delegate Marcia Price of the city of, uh, representing the 95th. And so we are honored because Mayor Price is about to end uh, his tenure as mayor of the city of Newport News, and he asked to come to say a few words to the Ivy family. And so we are honored that he is here with us today along with his entire family. Good to see y'all today. Thank you for being here. And so let's give them again a big clap off and a praise. Let's welcome Mayor Price. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Reverend Swan. <clears throat> I, I will be mayor of Newport News for another 26 days, but, but who's counting, right? <laughs> and I just wanted to you know, it would be 12 and a half years. And I just wanted to publicly thank Reverend Swan and this church for all the support you have given me during those entire years. You all have been phenomenal with this community, your giving, especially at the food bank and, and numerous other things that you have engaged in this community. You are a perfect example of what a church should do, not just spiritually, but caring for others in this community. And I just wanted to let you know how much it means to me to be able to have the support of someone when things are not going right all the time, to be able to call this pastor for support and for guidance. And I just wanted to thank you and let him know how much I really appreciate it. If I could, one, one further thing. Um, I do believe in the power of prayer. And I do ask personally that you pray for my family, for a member going through something. And I just ask that you keep us in your prayer. Thank you. Y'all stay right here for a second. Come, come back up for a second. So we're going to pray for you now. We're not going to wait. We're going to pray. Can y'all come on over here? 
We're gonna pray for you now. So let's, let's stretch our hands to this family. Father, in the name of Jesus, we do pray for the Price family. And God, we don't know what it is, but you know what it is. And so God, we pray that whatever the challenge is and what they are experiencing, we pray that you would give them peace, that you would give them comfort, you would give them strength. That as your word says, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. So God, wrap your arms around them now. And we pray that you would give them exactly what they need in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 One more thing. Get some tissue, please. One more thing, Mayor. Um, one of the last initiatives that Mayor Price wanted to do for the city of Newport News is to spearhead an effort to create a state-of-the-art daycare facility down here in the Southeast Newport News area. There's not one of its kind that's ever been built. And Mayor Price, what he wants to do as his last initiative before he ends his mayor campaign is to make sure that the young people in our community have a proper start in life, that they can have access to resources and the educational opportunities that they need. Most people may not understand that um, the way that prisons are built is that they look at reading levels at the third grade level. And if you're not on par at the third grade level, then in most cases, people look at that as a predictor of an individual that's gonna be in prison or incarcerated. So one of the ways that you can reduce that is to make sure that you have access to early childhood education, which is something that uh, Mayor Price is very passionate about. So Ivy, I need y'all to stand real quick. Ivy, need y'all to stand. Mayor Price, we know that you're building or helping to build the Mary Peak Childhood Center in, down, in downtown Newport News. We want to be a support to you in that regard. So today, on behalf of our church, we want to sow a seed to that for $10,000. That'll be given to you. That'll be given to you. This is, come on y'all, we need to give God praise for the support of our mayor. Come on, people there. And we believe, we believe in this, we believe in what you're doing, we understand the value of education, and we hope that this will be a support to you uh, as you end your campaign, but you're still continuing to do this work. And so they had the groundbreaking about a month ago, and uh, it is exciting work that's being done, the first of its kind in the Southeast community, and Mayor Price is the one that's leading that effort. So, Ivy, come on, let's give them again a big clap off of the praise. Thank you. Now, we'll take this check back. You don't want this one. We'll get you the real one right after service is over, all right? Thank you so much, amen. That came from uh, Operation Bless the Community. So those are the resource dollars that you have committed to making sure that our community gets what it needs. We've said this many times before, every dollar that you give to Operation Bless the Community goes right back out to be able to serve the community in some way. So Ivy, this is because of you that we've been able to give that kind of donation uh, to Mayor Price and to the Mary Peak Childhood Center. So I wanna thank you because without your generous donations and your heart for giving to serve the community, we would not be able to do that. So 
let's give yourselves a big clap off and a praise as well for all that you have done. All right, let's everybody stand, please. I know y'all standing and sitting and standing and sitting. The theme for this year is love is the key, right? And John 13, 34, 35, that's the verses that we have used. We haven't done this in a while, so I know maybe some of y'all may have forgotten, but John 13, 34, 35, Jesus said, a new command I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, so you must also love one another. He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have what? Love for one another. So that's what we need to express right now. Find some people. Come on, tell them that you love them. Tell them that you love them. Tell them that you love them. Online, we love you online. My peoples. In the chat, put I love you in the chat. Remain standing for me, please. Ten seconds. All right, get your Bibles out for me, please. Turning your Bible to Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Reading from the New International Version. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's good right there. You may be seated. So, Price family, we've been uh, in, in the gospel of James Brown for the last two months. And today we finish the gospel of James Brown. And uh, we'll be entering into another series next week. But uh, for the last time, I need you to tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, get up off that thing. Amen. Father, if you would now, please let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. God, you are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say amen. So as we wrap up this uh, series on spiritual gifts, just understand that this series was not meant to take a deep dive into every spiritual gift, but rather it was to introduce to some and as a refresher to others about what God has done in our life. God has not just saved us so that we don't go to hell. 
God did not just save us so that we could still come to church and just ask for what we want as if God is a genie. Ain't nobody rubbing no lantern up in here. God saved you because he had a purpose for your life. God saved you because even before you knew him, he knew you. And he had a plan for you. And part of that plan was to gift you with certain things. To be able to do God's will on the earth. So therefore, the gifts that we have, the best ones, you ain't going to find under the tree. The best gifts, he's already given to you. Because in those gifts, they describe your purpose. They describe how you fit in the body. They describe why you still are alive and why your heart is still beating and what God wants you to do. So when you don't operate in your gift, when you don't operate in the calling that God has assigned for your life, not only do you hinder yourself, but you hinder all of us because we all need your gift. We all need what God has put inside of you so that we can all be better. So these are the gifts that we have covered. And, and this is, um, this, these gifts were found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 to 30. Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8. These are all of the gifts that the Apostle Paul mentioned in those three spaces. You should be able to look on this list and be able to say, I see that God may be using me in at least one of them. Because all of you, if you are saved, have at least one of them. Now, some people operate in their gift so much that they are known by their gift, not their name. So, for example, Barnabas, we know Barnabas in the Bible. His name means the son of encouragement, but his real name was Joseph. So what we should be able to say is that not only has God wired me a certain way, not only has he gifted me a certain way, but that what I do is a reflection of the gift that God has put inside of me. Now, please understand this. You have at least one, but you may not have just one. You may have more than one. And please also understand you could have the same gift as somebody else, but you may not have it to the same degree that somebody else has it. And then you could have the same gift and the same degree, but you use your ministry gift in different spaces. Which means then that you could have the same teaching gift, but how you teach in, let's say, Christian education might be different than how you teach in auxiliary. So context matters. How much of the gift you have matters. How you use it and where you use it matters. And that's where we got to pray. We got to pray to God, show me how many of these I have. And, and by the way, put them back on the screen. I want them to see them again. By the way, you do understand that God could use you for any of them. How he chooses. He could use you for all of them if he wanted to, but usually there are specific ones. Now, the reason why I have four, five, six, seven, and eight in red and yellow is because those are what we call fluid gifts. These gifts aren't necessarily constant. Like you can't just walk up to somebody and lay hands on them and all of a sudden expect them to heal. God has to do that. And he has to use you as the agent to heal. You can't just sit up in here and do a miracle on your own. God has to be the one to allow that miracle to happen. 
prophecy. You don't just have revelation from God. God has to download it to you so that then you can share it. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So, so these are fluid gifts. But the reason why I got number three in red is because in order for the fluid gifts to even exist, you first got to have faith. You got to believe that God can heal. And you got to believe that God could use you to do it. You got to believe in miracles. And you also got to believe that God could use you to be a miracle worker. And so if you don't have faith, then forget the rest. And that's why faith is so important. Now, again, message of wisdom, you have the ability to walk out the word. Message of knowledge, you have the ability to be able to have a deeper understanding of scripture. Faith, <coughs> excuse me, faith is a supernatural faith, not just a faith that says I trust God, but you have a faith that just moves mountains. I don't care what it looked like, God is able. That kind of faith. Uh, healing is understanding that sickness is in many different forms, not always physical, but that you could be an agent for God to use you to help somebody else emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. Miracles are things that we look at and we say there's absolutely no way that what I just saw was me. It had to have been God, and God is the only one that could have done it. Prophecy I'll get to later. Uh, tongues and speaking in tongues, we've talked about that. Tongues in the Bible started with a known dialect, a known language. And then some people say that you also have utterances, whether it's a known dialect or not. In the house of God, there needs to be an interpreter. When you're at home, you don't need an interpreter. When you're in organized spaces with others. So to not bring confusion for others you need an interpreter. And if you don't have an interpreter while you're speaking in tongues, and you're just going for it, and nobody is interpreting what you're saying, then how do we know what you're saying is of God? Shh. You could be saying anything. Discernment is the ability to read people to understand the sincerity of the gospel, whether they're true or fake. Helps other people. You don't care. You just want to fit in and help assist wherever needed. You don't need a title. You don't need a role. You ain't got to stand before the church. Whatever's going on, you just want to jump in and assist. Service are the ones who like to see something get done to meet a specific need. Leadership, self-explanatory. We need people to guide and give direction. Administration. These are the folks who take the vision and they actually can help walk out that vision to make it happen. Encouragement, Lord have mercy, we all need encouragement. People who just want to let somebody know, I know you're going through hard times, but everything's going to be all right. Uh, giving, this is not just of money, but you have a desire to freely share all you have. And you don't mind because you know the more you share, the more God going to give it back to you. Give and it shall be given. Press down, shaking together, and running over. Uh, and then showing mercy. Showing mercy, not just having mercy, but showing mercy. You have the ability to really look at and have empathy for people who are in serious need. And you don't say, God bless you. You don't give cliches, the Lord going to make a way. No, you actually help them in their time of need because you want to see them do well. Now, just by a show of hands, out of curiosity, how many of you have identified yourself on that list? You, you think you know where you are. Honest, 
honestly, how many of you don't know yet still where you are? You're still in the Lord Jesus speak to me phase. <laughs> and it's all right. Okay. All right. Real quick then, since most of you raise your hands, I don't know if y'all lying or not, but uh, turn, turn to your neighbor real quick and tell them what gift you think you have. What gift do you think you have? Turn to them. Which one do you think you have? Um, partying ain't up there. Let me just help y'all. Right? Pastor, I'm good at party. I can get the party started. No, that ain't, that ain't up there. I'm sorry. <laughs> you got to pick another one. All right. All right, let's keep going. So, last week, we started with the last five gifts that we will cover. And these gifts are not just gifts, but these gifts are more like offices and positions that exist within the church. This is um, Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. And the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4 and 11, it said, and Christ himself gave these gifts, these gifts, these positions, these roles, so that the church can function appropriately. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers so why did christ himself give these five it tells us in verses 12 through 13 the first reason is to equip people for god's service so these five positions were given to the church to number one help you to grow in christ so that then you could serve and exercise your gift Number two, it was also to build up the body of Christ. To build up means to strengthen. So all of us need those leadership positions in the church so that all of us collectively can be strengthened in Christ. The third one is that we come to the unity of the faith so that as these positions are operating correctly in the church, that we all come to understand Christ better. Then it also says, that's number four as well, we have unity in the faith and we have knowledge in the Son of God, that we know Christ better. And then the fifth one is that we become mature in the faith. Not just mature in knowing church, mature in the things of God. And as I said to you last week, God does not want a spiritual infant ward. He wants mature saints. Saints that know his word. Saints that know his purpose. Saints that understand their assignment. Saints that understand how to operate and what God has given to them. Not simply to come and go through the motions and go home. God didn't call us to that. Now, I want to take a moment to pause here and have a two-minute Bible study. Because I want to share with you how these five and what's known as five-fold ministry is divided out when it comes along denominational lines. So uh, think of denominations as a continuum. On one end of the continuum, you have typically what you would consider conservative views. On another end, you would have more liberal views, but not liberal as in anything, liberal as in expression of gift. So when you look on the left side, 
what you see on the left side, and what really is a denomination anyway? A denomination basically is a group of people who interpret scripture a certain way. And based on that interpretation, you got a whole group of people that decided to get together and say, this is how we view scripture. All right. So on the left side, in terms of fivefold ministry, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, you see the typically the denominations that do not have fivefold ministry. And Baptist is one of them. Now, the reason why there's an asterisk beside Baptist is because the governance of Baptist churches are independent. In other words, Baptist churches are congregational-led. So that's why we have church meetings, and that's why you vote, because the congregation votes. That's how Baptist structure is originated. So one Baptist church could have five-fold ministry if the church votes on it, while another one could not have it if the church votes on it. Y'all with me there? So typically speaking, Baptists, Methodists, Catholic, Episcopalian, non-denominational, again, because they're congregational-led as well, depending on the church, do not exercise five-fold ministry. The question we have to ask is why? On the other side, you have the, the denominations that typically are what people consider to be charismatic. And the word charisma is spiritual gift. So when you hear somebody say, I go to a charismatic church, that means they believe in the operation of fivefold ministry. They believe in all the spiritual gifts being active and engaged in their church. And if you look at the right side of that slide, you will see these are the more charismatic or churches that are open to fivefold ministry. Apostolic, Pentecostal, Assemblies of God. Church of God in Christ, non-denominational again, and others. So it's important that we understand when we're having conversations with other people who go to other churches who may be at a go to another denomination where we stand and where others stand. Now, I'm going to pause here and just say this. this. For that reason why I put on the slide, for that reason right there, is why sometimes when people ask me, well, what church do you pastor? I don't even say Baptist. Because what I don't want is for somebody to automatically put me in a box because of what you think Baptist churches are. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. And furthermore, I was raised Episcopal. Lady Swan was raised Coaching. We're pastoring in a Baptist church. I don't know who I am denominationally. Y'all just pray for me. I'm spiritually confused. Y'all just pray for me. All I know, y'all, is what I see. Are y'all with me? All I know is what I see. So if y'all were looking for me to look at it through a Baptist lens, that ain't me. If you want me to look at it from a Bible lens and see what's there, you got me. And so that's why I'm careful about, that's why you don't see Baptist church. You just see Ivy. Because I want to make sure that any, any Christian who comes in, before you judge us on what you believe our views are, judge us on how we love, grow, and serve. 
All right. Y'all with me so far? All right. So let's, if y'all ready to go, somebody say, let's go. All right. So I'm going to give you the review first. The first one that we covered last week was apostle. And again, apostle is somebody who is a specific messenger, somebody that has been given a specific assignment by God in order to do God's will. Now, understand the difference between, as I said last week, a disciple and an apostle. The disciples were the 12 that Jesus chose, right? But Jesus also had other disciples. A disciple is nothing more than a student, a pupil, or a follower of a teacher. Jesus called us to make disciples. He did not call us to make church members. Therefore, Jesus called us to make students, pupils, or followers of him. The end goal of being a disciple is to look like Christ, not like myself. But that's not an apostle. An apostle is someone who has been given a specific assignment. So the 12 that Jesus originally chose, who were at first his disciples, God then also elevated those same 12 to be an apostle. And it was the 12 apostles minus Judas that built the foundation of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we see in Acts. Now, when you get to Paul, Paul um, is, is of a different breed, okay? And the reason why uh, there's debate over apostleship today, go to the next slide so they can see it, is because there is debate whether or not apostles still exist in today's time. Some believe, including Baptists, that the original apostles, once they died out, that the position died with them. That there's no more need for apostles because their assignment was to build the foundation of the church from the beginning. Paul, on the other hand, is interesting because he calls himself to be an apostle, but he never met Jesus Christ except in a dream when he was going to Damascus. And the Lord spoke to him and said, why are you persecuting me? And then God told him to get up and you're going to go to a man and you're going to name Cornelius and I'll tell you what to do next. And then he understood his assignment was to be a witness to the Gentiles. So Paul is a, he considers himself to have a specific assignment. Now, here's where the debate is. Remember that chart I just gave you. On the left side, Baptist, Methodist, Episcopal, Catholic, they don't believe that apostles still exist today because they believe that once the 12 died out, that position died out with them. On the other side, the charismatic churches they believe that apostleship still exists today. That God can still give specific messages to specific people to do an assignment just like he did in the time of which the church was originally founded. That's where the debate lies. Whether or not you still see the value of apostolic apostleship today. So that's what we covered last week. The second one is prophet. And a prophet is someone that God gives revelation to oftentimes in real time. Like you could be sitting right here and God drops a nugget in your spirit and tells you to go speak to that person right there and tell them this. And I don't know if that's ever happened to you before. Somebody walked up to you and said, I don't know, I don't know anything about you, but the Lord told me to tell you and they read you. And you step back and you're like, how did you know that? 
So there is the gift of prophecy, and then there's the office of the prophet. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 14 and 1 that he wished that everybody would prophesy, but that doesn't mean that they had the office of the prophet. Because again, early church fathers believed that there was a distinction between the prophet and the role and whether or not it still exists today. So that's why, again, you don't see the office of the prophet in most churches on the left, including Baptists. Some struggle with whether or not prophecy still exists because they say that prophecy will fade away. So that's where we have these distinctions. Those were the two that we covered last week. I'm going to do the last three today. And we're done. The third one is evangelist. And an evangelist is one who announces the gospel. Now, it must be understood that all of us are called to evangelize. All of us are called to announce the gospel. But it is a difference between evangelizing and being an evangelist. An evangelist is an office or a position. So let me be clear. Whether you have the title or not, you still are called to spread and share the good news of Jesus Christ. But an evangelist is someone who is in an official capacity to proclaim the gospel. And usually this person shares the gospel outside of the church. So their evangelizing is not in here. They are unwanting to minister in the streets, in the home, on the job. So they're not interested in doing it in the church. They're interested in doing it out there. And in doing so, that's how evangelists lead people to Christ so that hopefully once they are saved, they then come to the church. Now again, there are no evangelists in the church, the Baptist church. And for the life of me, I can't understand why. Because ain't we all called to preach the gospel? So most of the time what we've done then is we call a licensed minister a preacher and then whether they preach inside or outside, we say that covers it all. But there are some people who don't want to preach inside. There's some people who got a heart for broken people out there. Those who preach in the prisons, you are an evangelist. Those who want to preach in the crack houses, you are an evangelist. Those who want to go and walk up and down the street and talk to the prostitutes and the pimps and all that kind of stuff, you're an evangelist. And the job is, is to call them to a saving and loving relationship with Jesus Christ and hope they come to the church. Y'all with me? So if you have a heart for the people outside of the walls of the church, you have an evangelistic Spirit. Now, again, no we, don't, we don't have anybody by the title of an evangelist. 
But that doesn't mean you can't evangelize and tell people about Jesus. Y'all with me? All right, so that's number three. Number four is me. Passer. I'm y'all's gift. Y'all know that, right? I was thinking about how could I put a bow on my head today and just kind of walk out here. The Greek word for pastor is poimen. And the figurative illustration of a pastor is a shepherd. David said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my I shall not want. One thing you got to understand about a shepherd is that a shepherd has a heart for sheep. But shepherds understand that sheep, how can I tell y'all this nicely? Sheep are dumb animals. So shepherds are very protective because shepherds know that even if one sheep decides that they think that they can do it on their own and leave the pack, that there are wolves that are waiting. And sheep are not strong enough, intelligent enough to fight off the pack of wolves by themselves. Let me be transparent for a moment. When I go home on Sundays, because I scan the room, my greatest challenge is not who I saw. My greatest challenge is who I didn't see. And the reason for that is because I know one skip can lead to two or three. And by the time you get back, the pack of wolves has jumped you. See, if I'm going to be a shepherd, then you need to be a sheep. And you need to understand that your greatest safety is in number. If you want me to protect you then you need to understand that you can't go a long time without staying in the fold. Because once you decide to leave the fold and you out there on your own, the wolves come. And this is what happens to sheep when hard times hit. I stop coming to church. I stop reading the word. Uh, I'm sick. I don't feel like going. And you stay isolated by yourself. And the enemy is like, this is too easy. This is too easy. This is shooting fish in a barrel. Because you ain't strong enough to handle what the wolf is going to do. So what, sheep have, what shepherds have to do then is make sure, number one, that the whole fold is together. Then the shepherd's responsibility is to also make sure 
that the whole fold is moving, as David said, to greener pasture. Hmm. Now, let me help you all understand something. People ask me this all the time. Pastor, what's your greatest challenge of pastoring? Let me first start with my greatest joy. My greatest joy is seeing y'all grow in the things of God. That's my greatest joy. When y'all mature. When you first came in and you was on baby food. And now we can put little bits in your mouth. And now you're growing up and you can fight for yourself, right? But the greatest challenge of our church, I can't speak for all pastors, is the blessing and the curse at the same time. It is the fact that we have at Ivy, if you look around the room today, we have four or five generations in the room. Let's give God praise for that, by the way. It's great because we got great-grandma all the way down to great-grandbaby. That's wonderful. But let me tell you the challenge in that. The challenge is, is that every generation experiences God differently. Every generation was raised in a particular culture and context that views and sees God in their lens. So great-grandma was probably raised in civil rights era, segregation era. And to her, the Lord was likened to Moses being a deliverer of the people in the Old Testament. But now you have our kids who grew up seeing a black man in the White House. And they don't know no different. So now what you have is two generations or four generations or five that see God differently. Let me tell you the greatest one where the generations struggle is in the area of authority. Because in our generation, my age and older, this is what it was in our house. You don't ask no questions. You do what I say and that's it. If you ask why, you better duck. Y'all know how we used to have to drive in the car before you get someplace? This is how it went. We going in this house. You going to sit down. If they ask you for something, you going to say no. If you got to go to the bathroom, hold it. When you walk in a room, you speak first. And you don't speak after that until you're spoken to. This grown folk talk. Rem Pretlow just got delivered. Y'all see that right there? So I'm trying to tell y'all. See, this is the generational difference I'm trying to tell y'all. Right? Right? So the kids is out. We can talk about this, right? So, so here's what happens. Their generation is the complete opposite. Their generation, they ask everything. We go into the store, why? 
and don't tell me some of y'all your pressure didn't get up with the first time you heard your kid ask why because you knew you couldn't ask and so you got defensive as you was driving the car we going to the store why wait a minute what did you say what what did you do i need to pull this car over and So, so here's where we are. Here's where we are. I told you this is passion, right? So you have three generations that were raised. You better not ask a question. You have two generations that come behind us that ask questions. And when they ask us, we get offended because we couldn't ask. It could be that they're genuinely asking for understanding. But since we didn't have that right to ask for understanding, we feel they don't have that right either. And so now we got differences. Same God, same Bible, different culture, different interpretation, different way of seeing. And guess what? Now we all got to come up in here and praise the Lord together. You know who has the hardest job in the church? That man right there. Devon. You know why his job's so hard? Because every generation likes your own music. Great grandma, you was anthems, hymns, near the cross. This next generation, Maverick City. And so, let me just offer this to y'all. So, If we're going to survive, because here's what a lot of, I'm going to give you all a secret. Like, it's easy to pastor a one-generation church. You just figure out what they like, what songs they like. You play that song. You dress that way in that one generation, and everybody happy. That ain't us. Because you have four to five generations, now you got to choose songs. You have to dress. You got to do all things that hit every generation. Which means at Ivy, how can I say this lovingly to you? You ain't always going to get what you want. Because we ain't trying to just hit your generation. We're trying to build a legacy for the kids to come here too. So, and I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you here. What most churches do is they only cater to the generations that give the most money. And that's why the kids don't come back. So while the older folk having a good time, they look behind them and there's two people sitting there that's kids under 30. And they're wondering why the people won't come. Whether I like the song or not don't matter. Because I can go home and play my own playlist. What I want is for people to come in the house and at any generation, they can feel the presence of God in the way that God has called for them to. And that's what it means to be intergenerational. You get some parts of your generation, but you ain't going to get it all. And I'm not going to cater to the generations that give the most. 
Because if we do, then the church will be dead in five years. So y'all decide. If you just want a church that caters to your generation, this is probably ain't it. But if you want a, gener- if you want a church that can be used and it's the generations across the board where your kids can feel good and your grandkids can feel good and your mama can feel good all at the same time, then maybe this is the place. And I'm choosing that way. Even though I know some people come in and just like today, praise and worship, you probably didn't hear a song you liked. Tell your neighbor, you're going to be all right. Because if your worship is predicated on only you listening to your favorite song, then you need to question. You mean to tell me you only move when God play your song? You like this the whole time until you, oh, that's my song. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hey, God has called me to say that anybody at any age can be here and be used by God to do something great. If the enemy's not waiting to attack kids, then why should we wait to give them the God at an early age? But understand their context is different than ours. My context is different than my parents. But we all serve the same God. So that's why love is the key. Because it don't matter what generation you're in, what music you listen to, how you dress, everybody in here needs love. Tell somebody you love them. Come on, tell somebody you love them. All right, so that's pastor, right? We done done did four. Apostles, we don't have here. Prophets, we don't have here. Evangelists, we don't have. Pastors, we do. And the last one is teacher. And we have those two. So a teacher is basically one who gives instruction. Now, I need, to, I need y'all to understand something here. Teachers of the gospel. You need to know what you're teaching. You know, teaching in Sunday school or in Bible study ain't your opportunity to showcase your skills. James chapter 3, you need to read it. James chapter 3 and verse 1 tells us very plainly that teachers are held to a higher standard. Don't be jacking people up with your own personal theology. Because of what you think. Now what is important to understand is that um, pastor and teacher in the original language of the Greek were together. So it was, you have apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor, teacher. Which means that when you study the scriptures, one of the requirements of a pastor, which is also in 1 Timothy chapter 3 where it says, if anybody desires the office of an overseer, he desires a noble work. And it lists the qualifications of somebody who is called to do this And one of the qualifications, bar none, is that the person must be able to teach. I know we got a lot of pastors that can hoop. I know we got a lot of pastors who know how to close. 
But if you ain't teaching. And I'm going to tell you all, this was my struggle and I'm done. This was, this was my struggle early on because I knew I couldn't sing. I knew I didn't close. I knew I couldn't hoop. I couldn't do none of that stuff. So when I first got here, honestly, I, I wondered if I was going to make it. And one day God told me, I called you to do it your way. So do it your way. And this is how God has given it to me. I appreciate the fact that y'all value teaching because I can't sing. <laughs> However, even if you're not a pastor, if you are a deacon and teaching, if you are a minister and teaching, if you are Christian education and teaching, you need to understand that God has called us to a higher standard when we teach his word because this is why we got so much confusion in the church now. And this is why two-thirds of the New Testament is warnings against false teaching and false prophecy, not outside the church, inside the church. Because you got jack-legged people don't know what they're talking about. And don't you know that it's easy for a person to take one or two verses and run with them? But when you teach, you got to teach the whole council. Now understand, he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, all five, to equip us to build up the body so that we can be in the unity, so that we can all come to the knowledge of God, and that we can mature. Deacons weren't on this list. Trustees weren't on this list. So why do we have those? Because at another point, deacons were assigned because of the growth of the church. And, we, and at that point, the people needed more servers to take care of the body. Trustees are given because, legally speaking, they handle the financial obligations of the church. But when it comes to the house of God, I want us to think about, and this is where I end, why don't we, why of five gifts that Christ gave to the church, only two are operating? That's what I want us to sit with. We'll come back next year and pick it up. Two of the five. Pastors and teachers. So this ends the series. I hope that you have seen yourself in some ways. The goal now is now that you've seen yourself, you can start to actively get involved in a context of ministry that helps you to exercise your gift. And that's where Reverend Person is and what his responsibility is. If you still don't know where your gift is, we do have a spiritual gift inventory that we can give you that kind of gives you some understanding and guidance of where you may fit. You can see Reverend Person for that as well. All right, let the church say amen. amen. All right, Reverend Person, what's up, man? Hey, Pastor, and good morning, Ivy fam. How's everybody? Awesome, awesome uh, teaching on the fivefold ministry, and uh, I do believe God has gifted everybody in His in the body. Uh, what I ask, just like Kurt, Pastor said, 
is first, um, you know, seek God for yourself. You know, Pastor opened the word today, shared things with you. Uh, I encourage you to go home and search God through his word for yourself. My heart is to get everybody connected, but I don't want you to just jump into something because you got spurred for the moment. I want you to know in your heart what God has called you to do. Uh, we do need pastors, we do need teachers, we do need director of ministries, we need deacons, we need all of them. But I believe, because the Bible teaches that, God said that he will speak to you directly. What I'm learning, and many people have told me here, even at Ivy, since this has been going on, is that, you know, they've been awakened to hear from God, not to hear from man, not even to hear from me. And that doesn't offend me because when you stand before God, I want you to know you were called to do what God called you to do, not what Dave person said do. So I'm asking you to take what you heard today, then go home, and I am a, I am a little, I'm of that old school generation, search the scripture. That's what the Berean Christians did in Acts. And they went home, and they wanted to see is what they heard today was true. Because again, when you stand before God, it ain't gonna be what Pastor Swan told you. God is gonna say, I told you to study to show yourself approved unto God, not today person. Don't do this for me. Be accepted calling to God and use the gift that God has given you. Because I know there's a lot of gifts in the church. I personally believe that uh, the fivefold ministry is operating. But I don't want you to do it just because I believe it or even because Pastor said, do it because you know what God has gifted you to do. Amen? Amen. With that, I'm pleased because one of the gifts the Pastor talked about uh, we have Sister uh, Linda Porter here who leads our discipleship ministry, and uh, God has blessed us with, with teachers in the body of Christ here at Ivy, and her responsibility is to help as our upcoming discipleship class to get teachers who feel they have the call to develop them and help them to go further in ministry. So I'm going to ask Sister Linda Porter, who's doing a great job, to talk to us a little bit about what opportunities and how you can get connected uh, in that part of the ministry. Sister Linda? Amen. Good morning, Ivy. Um, as I stated, my name is Linda Porter, the Discipleship Coordinator. And for the Discipleship Ministry, um, we need 15 people or more that can join the Discipleship Ministry as a Discipleship class teacher. So we ask that you pray and you seek God to see if that is the direction and the calling that he has for you. Um, we need those teachers that can commit to teaching at least one discipleship class per year. We will provide in-depth tra teacher training that goes beyond just putting the lesson together. But we are currently in the process of developing biblical, foundational teacher workshops and teacher training classes because we want those who will commit and come on board as a discipleship teacher to be well equipped and prepared with the knowledge and ability to effectively teach biblical truths and facilitate a discipleship class, um, whether that class is in person or online. If you would like to contact me, my contact information will be on the screen, as well as I will be at the MRT table to take your information. Um, just as a small plug, our next um, discipleship, discipleship session, our winter 
session will be coming up January 11th, 18th, and the 25th. So um, as we said, pray and ask God if that is a direction that he's leading you. And if you have some qualms about teaching, we will train you. We will prepare you because we want you to be most effective in teaching and teaching the word of God. Amen. Give her a hand clap. Amen. So, so Sister Linda Porter and I will be in the back of the MRT. If you feel in God's calling you to do that ministry or you just want more information, please stop by and see us. And again, as Pastor says, you know, uh, teaching starts not here at Ivy, but starts at the home. So I ask you again that I encourage you to use your gift of teaching in your home. Speaking to self first that our first ministry is called to be at home. Amen. Let God use you in your gift. Back to you, Pastor. All right. Thank you, Reverend Person and Sister Porter. We appreciate that. For those online, if you want to accept Christ and partner with a ministry, you need a shepherd. All of us do. Jesus is our great shepherd, but we all need an individual shepherd to guide us so that the wolves can't get the best of us. If that is you, we want you to uh, text the at sign join Ivy and send that to 81010 or you can drop it in the chat. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to join this church and we'll have somebody standing by that will connect with you in just a little bit. All right. Let's wave goodbye to those online. Goodbye, y'all. Love y'all in Jesus name. Everybody else, let's stand, please. We're going to get on out of here today. Don't forget tomorrow night, those who want to come to the memorial service to heaven. Please join us tomorrow, December 5th, for our annual memorial service at 7 p.m. This service is for all who have suffered a loss and are grieving. All Angel Tree applications are in. If you want to be a donor, please fill out the online application for your specific child's information. Return gifts by Sunday, December 11th. Let's finish the year strong. Register on our website for Saturday Power Hour Fitness, December 10th and December 17th. December 11th through January 3rd, registration for Winter Discipleship 2023 will be in effect. All classes are virtual via Zoom. Classes will be three weeks on Wednesday, January 11th, 18th, and 25th, noon and 7 p.m. Mark your calendars. Church meeting for members only, December 14th at 7 p.m. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000 and all of the resources are going right back out into our community 
so our community and our families can be better. We're going to do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community? Any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Christmas concert will be Sunday, December 18th at 6 p.m. Parents, we are calling youth ages 12 and under to sing with the Beans of Hope for the Christmas concert. Practice will be Thursday, December 8th and 15th at 6 p.m. Please join us tomorrow, December 5th, for our annual memorial service at 7 p.m. This service is for all who have suffered a loss and are grieving. All Angel Tree applications are in. If you want to be a donor, please fill out the online application for your specific child's information. Return gifts by Sunday, December 11th. Let's finish the year strong. Register on our website for Saturday Power Hour Fitness, December 10th and December 17th. December 11th through January 3rd, registration for Winter Discipleship 2023 will be in effect. All classes are virtual via Zoom. Classes will be three weeks on Wednesday, January 11th, 18th, and 25th, noon and 7 p.m. Mark your calendars. Church meeting for members only, December 14th at 7 p.m. One thing that's true about Ivy is that we don't just love God, but we also love God's people and our community. We have started an initiative called Operation Bless the Community. And since we started it, we have raised almost $150,000 and all of the resources are going right back out into our community so our community and our families can be better. We're gonna do it again this year. We want your support. Any donation of any amount that goes to Operation Bless the Community will go out into the communities that we serve to make our place better for everyone. We want everybody to win around here. So please, why don't you consider giving a donation to Operation Bless the Community, any size, any amount, all of it will go toward blessing our community and helping those in need. We appreciate in advance your support. Christmas concert will be Sunday, December 18th at 6 p.m.
parents, we are calling youth ages 12 and under to sing with the Beans of Hope for the Christmas concert. Practice will be Thursday, December 8th and 15th at 6 p.m.